Hello to all you Eagles fans out there. This is episode 44 of the Missing Link Podcast. Your connection to the Eagles through the eyes of a fan. Today, we're talking about that loss to the Dallas Cowboys and reviewing a pretty crazy weekend here before we take on the Seattle Seahawks. Hey everybody, how's it going? Sorry about the late podcast here. I don't know if you can tell by the sound of my voice, but I am not 100%. I didn't even have a voice till Friday, so it's been a really fun week of being sick. You know, it's that kind of season with colds and all that going around, so hopefully you're healthy. Hopefully you're feeling good. Uh, But let's get into it. So actually, it's a little bit of a blessing because it's been a pretty crazy day for the Eagles, so I'm actually kind of thankful I'm recording today because Sunday's been just wild, and I think it really adds a lot of context to Monday night. But before we get into Monday night, let's talk through that Cowboys loss. That was a lot of fun, huh? Remember that? There is something to be said about both sides of the aisle for what I've seen from the discourse, right? On one side, the sky is falling. Got our asses kicked by the 49ers and then the Cowboys. Not a lot of fun to go through, but we did just go through a gauntlet there where we played the Cowboys, played the Chiefs in Chief Kingdom, beat them there, played the Bills, beat the Bills, and then we kind of ran into the buzzsaw that was the Niners and then followed it up with uh, really laying an egg there in Dallas. I think one of the most discouraging aspects of it was it just didn't seem like, well, the offense didn't even score a touchdown, but neither the offense nor the defense really came to play and they looked tired. They looked beat up. They looked overmatched. Is that true? Are our Eagles overmatched at 10 and three? I don't think so. I think it's a, it's a human game, man. I mean, you think about the Niners losing three games in a row. Dallas dropped the game to Arizona. They got their asses kicked today by the Bills. Hey, I'll take that. Going to last week and the the way the Eagles have been playing, it, it was due. I mean, it's really hard to play every single week in the NFL. It's hard to win every week. When you play these great teams, and look, the Bills just showed us they're a great team. Chiefs are the Chiefs. Beating those teams means something, absolutely. But when you run into those teams, and then you go in and play the Niners, and then you play Cowboys in the home where they're playing fantastic, just think about that. Like Even in the playoffs, right? when you're a one or a two seed, it's not like you go and play San Francisco and then play the Cowboys back-to-back. right? Like You would play a lower seed like a Seahawks, right? or you know, if you're in the AFC, you'd be playing like a Cleveland Browns or a Houston. Good teams, right? but flawed teams. Very rarely do you have to play, outside of the NFC Championship game and then maybe the Super Bowl, would you play even two of those teams in a row? So the fact that we're playing five teams back-to-back-to-back like this and coming out of it three and two, I mean, I'm pretty happy with that. Split with the Cowboys. Beat the Chiefs, beat the Bills. Important game, especially now with the way the rest of the season is going to be going because the record's going to really matter. With the Cowboys losing today, that definitely gives us a lot of grace. But if I'm going to lose to a team, I do not want to lose to the Cowboys like that. Coming into it and you're thinking, okay, well, the Niners kicked our butts. Let's get some pride together. Let's go in there and let's at least make it competitive. And it was not competitive. It was a beat down from the beginning to the end. The challenging thing is getting back up on that horse. And we have four more games here against the Seahawks, Giants twice, and Cardinals. You got to take care of business. And they are flawed teams. They are not the kind of teams that can put up 40 points on us. It's a matter of principle, pride. We've had our lumps. We've taken it. We have a little bit of extra rest here with the Monday night game coming up. It's a get right game for me. Looks like Geno Smith isn't even going to play. So that's even better. But it's going to be a challenge, right? These are still NFL players, still great teams. Our division opponents in the Giants, they're not going to lie down. Just let us win. We have to earn that shit. So it's tough. Definitely don't want to lose in Dallas like that. It's almost one of those games, like these last two weeks, where you're like, is that who we are? Or are we from the first 11 games? Now I would use the the bigger bit of evidence there to say, 
we can get right. We can win these close games. We can beat good teams. We were just in a bad position. We played four games in 20 days. Now we get to turn around and have the easiest schedule at the end of the season. We've had our lumps. You see what Dallas is going through now. They have to, they're going to go to Miami next week. I mean, it is not getting any easier for them. So they're going to start to see what happens at the tail end of some of these journeys, right? You play the Eagles, you play the Bills, play the Dolphins. At some point, that crap catches up with you. They're going to lose games. I'd rather lose now in the middle of the season and then get ready and get right. Uh, like I said, for the San Francisco game, I'll see them in Philadelphia. I'll take Dallas and Philadelphia any day of the week. I think we can beat that team. I don't think this was a proper reflection on how that would go. Bring them on. With that loss tonight, now we move into we're leading the NFC East. And if we went out, we're going to win that NFC East, get that second seed at worst. It's still good. We still have a lot of things to look forward to. So if I would have had this podcast on Monday, it would have been just, oh my God, like, what are we doing? Now you look at it. I mean, times change pretty quickly depending on how every Sunday goes. So Cowboys are down again. Eagles are looking up. I will take our schedule, everybody else in the NFL. We just have to get right and make sure we take care of business. Speaking of taking care of business, the Seattle Seahawks, a team we haven't beaten 15 years, which is kind of incredible. That game by itself is going to be difficult. So first of all, you have a great receiving core that we're going up against. We've got DK Metcalf, you've got Tyler Lockett, and their first round draft pick was on a slot receiver from Ohio State. So we've got some talented wide receivers going against our secondary that's gotten torched. Now, what's really in our favor here is Geno Smith is still dealing with a groin injury, so their quarterback may end up being Drew Locke again. Watched a little bit of the Seahawks game last week. Locke was throwing pretty much just 50-50 balls to the secondary, so I'm feeling pretty good about that matchup if Locke plays. Geno Smith is traditionally taking care of the ball very well. A groin injury is not easy to play through. Didn't play last week. Hasn't practiced all week, so I think we can safely say that we will be turning to the backup, but... Against both the run and the pass, the Seattle defense is in the bottom 10 of both of those categories. They're not particularly good on that side of the ball. They've got some pretty interesting players in the secondary, like Jamal Adams, who has been a pro bowler and all pro. Can't cover anymore. Unfortunately, injuries have robbed him of some of that. So he's actually questionable. I'm not sure if he'll play, but if he does play, he's absolutely someone to take advantage of with our receiving core. We have some defensive players on the defensive line who may not be playing. Generally speaking, this is a defense that can be taken advantage of. You saw against the Cowboys that they can put up a lot of offensive points with the receivers that they have, and we have to absolutely be matching up with our corners. But this Seattle offense isn't scaring anyone. They have two very good running backs, Kenneth Walker, and then their backup, uh, Charbonnet, who is pretty good as well. Their running game is what they're really built on. They have been for years. So if we can limit the amount that they're running the ball, which isn't something the Eagles have done the last couple of weeks, we've been giving up a ton in the run game. We can't be giving up those play action passes down the field because DK can absolutely go up for a ball against either of our cornerbacks and win. Tyler Lockett's a really savvy veteran, really good route runner. So this is absolutely a dangerous offense, but it all starts with stopping the run. And if we can start to do that, start get back to our identity. First 11 weeks, we were leading the NFL in run defense. That's a distant memory now, but it's absolutely something we can get back to. And if we're able to accomplish that, I think we'll be in pretty good shape there on the defensive side. Now on offense, there is some interesting wrinkles that has been thrown into this game just today. So waking up here on Sunday, Jalen Hurts is sick. And he's had an illness for the last couple of days. He's been downgraded to questionable. The uh, illness has gotten worse overnight. Clearly respiratory, maybe a stomach bug. Sounds like the Cowboys had 10 players that were sick this week. Maybe that led to their butt kicking today, but I think I know where Jalen got sick from. And Jalen's played sick before. Earlier this year, he was sick against Tampa Bay. Went out there and played. Actually played pretty well. As sickness, I, I don't really worry about this. I mean, he's taking a private jet to stay away from the team to make sure he doesn't get anybody else sick, which is honorable. But he wouldn't be making a six-hour trip sick across the country if he wasn't planning on playing you know what i mean he's not coming out here to watch 
So I think at the end of the day, like he's going to be the one suiting up. I don't think he's going to let the illness affect him. I'm sure he's just on an IV. You know, at this point, we've got 24 hours to the game. They already know what they're dealing with, with fluids and making him feel better. Hopefully he just wakes up tomorrow, feels a little bit better, get some medicine in him, and hopefully he can walk out there and play because Jalen Hurts against this defense, it's a very appetizing prospect. It's exciting. I mean, he can absolutely run and pass and we got the playmakers to make it happen. I don't think he necessarily has to be a Superman out there for us to win this game, but I certainly want him distributing the ball over Mariota. I don't know where this national narrative came from that Mariota is like some kind of you know, hidden gem or just some kind of player that maybe we should consider playing more often, but Mariota sucks. All right. He, he cannot throw the ball. I don't know if you guys saw him in preseason last year with Atlanta. He's not that good. All right. He's pretty quick with his legs. I think he could definitely function in offense for a little while, but he's not Nick Foles. All right. He's not, we're not winning a Super Bowl with Mariota. So please get healthy soon, Hertz. Please come back and play this game. I think again, like a little bit of back and forth from some of the national media today, but there's no way he's flying out to Seattle just to watch. So I would anticipate him playing tomorrow night. Then on top of that, we have injuries in the secondary. So Darius Slay. He likes to be called Slay. Let's just call him that. So Slay had arthroscopic knee surgery or scoping, I should say, clean something out. He's had an injury and he wanted to get it cleaned out. So he will not be playing this week and they're hoping that he gets back before the regular season starts. That's a big loss. He's been playing pretty well in the secondary. He's one of our best playmakers on D. Hasn't had interception in a little while. He gets picked on a little bit, but I've seen, especially this past week with like Kelly Ringo, who is probably going to start in his place as our fourth round rookie. Kelly Ringo is pretty impressive. 6'2", 220, runs, you know, like a 4'4". I mean, physical specimen, but did a pretty impressive job last week of giving up uh, a penalty in both a face mask and a pass interference. So rookies are going to get picked on. Would that make your secondary immediately weaker? And uh, get well soon, Slay. We hope to see you back in the secondary. That's definitely going to leave an opportunity for someone to step in and potentially show us what we got for next year, but not ideal in this four-game stretch where every game counts. We got to win each one. Then on top of that, we got some injuries on the offensive line. Cam Jurgens, our right guard, had a chest injury. Looks like he's not going to play. Not great. We're going to probably sub in. I hope Tyler Steen, our rookie right tackle, or I guess, you know, swing tackle, steps in. He played pretty well last time. It might be Suo Opeta. Either way, you know, that right guard spot is going to be a little bit weaker. Zach Cunningham, middle linebacker, has a knee injury now. He had a hamstring thing two weeks ago, and that's when we got picked apart. He's out. So we've got some injuries that have piled up. The one good news is that Avante Maddox, or slot corner from earlier in the year, tore his pec. And I think most people thought that he was probably done for the season. He's a pretty good slot corner when healthy, and I think he would really change a lot and solidify the middle of the field. We'd also have Bradley Roby to lean on like a dime formation. We have could provide some flexibility. Definitely looking forward to seeing him back in action. Uh, now, all that's on players, right? And this all like basically came out today. So we have Avante Maddox coming back. Hurts is sicker than he was. Slay, the knee surgery, was came out yesterday and Saturday. And then the bomb gets dropped. So we think all that's enough, right? Then we find out that a change has been made at defensive coordinator. So not in title, which is silly, but Sean Desai, who we actually signed from the Seahawks. He was uh, the assistant head coach over there last season. He is going to be having play calling duties taken away from him. And Matt Patricia, who is a defensive assistant on our staff, he was the defensive coordinator for the Patriots from 2012 to 2017, won two Super Bowls there. Obviously, Bill Belichick has a lot to do with the way that defense functioned. Matt Patricia went over to the Detroit Lions, became their head coach, and ranked, uh, I believe, 27th, 29th, and 31st in overall defense. Now, those teams were not that talented. Slay was on that team and actually had issues with Patricia. little ironic that uh, he got that surgery when Patricia takes over play call facilities, but, you know, I mean, that's neither here nor there. It's just, we're 10-3, and and we're making a change in defensive coordinator. Now, There have been some silly things that I've seen. I mean, like Nolan Smith in coverage. He should be rushing the passer. 
some of the defensive adjustments we've seen. I mean, the defense has been historically bad the last two weeks. I mean, they've given up like 10 touchdowns and 13 drives. It's been ridiculous. Is that just the NFL catching up to Desai's scheme? The first 11 weeks, we were 10-1. and Life was good. Get our asses kicked by the Niners. Cowboys expose us. I don't know. It just it seems like there has to be more to it than just the last two weeks. If they thought that Desai was getting better, the scheme was good, but the execution was bad, you know, all those things wouldn't lead to a change quite like this. So it makes me feel like that in the building, whether it's Sirianni, the players, something's disconnecting there. And it's it's not good vibes. You have Hurts sick. You have injuries. You have surgeries. And then this defensive coordinator change is like all this stuff coming on 24 hours. And it, this team is 10 and 3. And it's like that, that's a lot of distractions for a team that needs anything but. You lose two games in a row and then all this is going on. Is is this the time to change defensive coordinators? I guess if you really just didn't have a lot of confidence in Desai, I mean, I guess this is the time because you have four pretty easy games, relatively speaking, coming up. That the players adjust to his play calling style, the, the way he wants to use his personnel and then get ready for the playoffs. I guess, you know, I mean, if, if Sirianni and the staff feels like this is the right move, I mean, we're not in the building, but this is a really drastic and embarrassing step. He's going from defensive coordinator playing calling to being up in the booth and then Patricia's going to be on the field. And he's going to want to call and plays. So, I mean, look, this this is all stemming back, you know, all roads lead to John Gannon. If you recall in the Super Bowl. He essentially told Howie Roseman that he's coming back. That's not what happened. He was flirting with the the Cardinals. He went an interview with them in secrecy. We had Vic Vangio, who is the Dolphins defensive coordinator and a very established veteran who knows defenses in and out on staff as an assistant. I think we would have hired him. Absolutely. And I think that's what they were planning on doing. Gannon leaves, hire Vangio. There we go. What ended up happening is Gannon says he's coming back. Vangio gets interviewed with the Dolphins. Obviously, if you're one of the last teams playing in the Super Bowl, all the other coaches get hired. Vangio leaves, Gannon then leaves. That's why we got that pick in the draft from the Cardinals because it was tampering. And you go out and get to side. At the moment, people felt like, okay, well, he played with Pete Carroll. He's an assistant head coach, well thought of. Let's do it. But he's a first-time coordinator. And I think you see the weaknesses of, of this team when to the offensive coordinator here, Brian Johnson, right? First-time coordinator. Same thing on the defense. You have a first-time coordinator with a senior assistant in Matt Patricia. And so the Patricia's taken over. Yes, he is a longtime veteran. He hasn't had necessarily success on his own. He's got a great personnel here with the Eagles with our pass rush and the secondary. And I think if we can scheme up things a little bit better, maybe use some of that experience he learned in New England, it could absolutely be a positive. But it's just like, why do we set ourselves up like this? River Oster, that's built to win now. And you kind of put in the hands of two first-time defensive and offensive coordinators. You kind of hope that they would grow throughout the season. So the offense needs to get right. Sirianni is the head coach. The defensive side, just like it was with Doug Peterson, that needs to be someone who knows what they're doing because the head coach can't necessarily lend a hand. So we had Jim Schwartz. That was great. I think they wanted Vangio so they could have had a more veteran presence over there. It's not how it worked out. I don't know. I mean, we got to really see how this game goes on Monday night. It's bad vibes. There's a lot going on. And you know what cures that is winning. So if Hertz can play and play okay and get through the game, we can win this game. Dallas just lost. The Niners play Baltimore next week. That should be a really good game. Hopefully they lose. Eagles will be right there ready to take that one seed. Again, winning's the cure. Let's get Hurts in there. Hopefully he's feeling better. See some offensive drives put together. Score some touchdowns. You know, that'll feel good after last week after not scoring a damn one. Let's let's see how the defense adjusts to different play caller. Maybe the players trust Patricia more. Maybe they feel like they have more confidence in him. Maybe they'll play faster, looser. I mean, two different people, man. I mean, we'll see how he really... I mean, he's seen the personnel for 13 weeks, so hopefully he has some great ideas of how he wants to move forward. 
it's going to be an interesting game for sure. But it makes me nervous. I mean, that's a lot of moving parts. And if we were playing the Seahawks at full strength, that they had Geno, they had their full secondary, you know, they didn't have the injuries that they're going through, I'd say we might lose this game. It's just it just has all the feelings of a trap. With Geno hurt, they've got Drew Locke in there. They got their own injuries that they're dealing with. They haven't played particularly well lately. I think we'll take this one. I think it'll be one of those games where it's like everyone's kind of holding their breath, like, you know, what the hell's going to happen out there? But if Hurts can play well, the defense shows some signs of life, things change really quick. So if we win this week, look okay, beat the Giants, beat the Cardinals, beat the Giants, we're the two seed. The national media, the fans, we'll all feel good. We'll be the two seed and things will be fine. Or we'll be the one seed and things will be really fine. But it's really easy to be skeptical going into this game. And it's just a lot of change, a lot of chatter. And normally when you have a team going through this much controversy, they really tighten up and look inward and they're silent and they go out and they handle their business. And this has been like really messy. You know, it's like finger pointing and just things coming out. And it's just not the good signs of like a really well-kept house. Anyway, I think this week's going to tell us a lot about this Eagles team. Not a great opponent from like a skill set perspective. We're coming out of a five-game stretch where things are really hard, and we made it even harder on ourselves these last two weeks. Let's see if Hurts can play. Let's get right. See what this defensive coordinator brings to the table. I'm not going to judge immediately because every year is different. Who knows what he's learned since the last time he's been play calling. I'm willing to give Patricia a chance here because if Desai was that bad where they felt like they had to change it now when things are going well, it's not easy. Like It's so much easier for them just to go forward with Desai. Uh, the fact that they they like made this a big deal and changed it, he must have been awful or not really connecting well or his game plans are bad or whatever it might be. But historically bad defense can't get much worse than that. You know, 10 touchdowns and 13 drives can't get much worse than that. So I'm going to put my faith in Patricia. Let's see how it all works out. Winning cures all. Let's see how it goes. I'm going to say Eagles 21, Seahawks 17. Why Eagles fly. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Missing Link Podcast. If you could please rate and view, subscribe on the platform that you're listening to us on, it'd be greatly appreciated. Go Birds!